So this summer, we're looking at, what are we looking at? Yes, Matthew. The kingdom. We've been looking at the stories that Jesus told, the parables of the kingdom of God. Can anyone remember the parables we've been looking at? The banquet, yes. I was not invited to the banquet. Dave was. Dave had a great time. Um, any others? Bibi? The bad guy planting the weeds. Yes, Roger shared that last week. <laughs> Any others? He just thought they about seeds. Yeah. No, that was Roger's. It was a mustard seed. And then, can anyone remember what my friend from Basingstoke talked about? What parable did he share? Someone got some money out of it. They're not here today. They've took the money and run. But... <laughs> hmm? About the vineyard. The vineyard, yeah. The, the workers in the vineyard. That's right. And so we found through here that the kingdom is going to grow. It is going to grow. That's what the kingdom does. We found out that the kingdom is a welcoming kingdom. It isn't just for this small group here. It is big enough to embrace the people on the football pitch out there, the people in the houses across the road, the people all across Swindon, all across England, all across the UK, all across the world. The kingdom is big enough to welcome all of those people in. We found out about the, the scandalous grace of the kingdom, that someone who puts in a full day's work gets the same amount as the person that turns up in the last hour. Because God is gracious and good and kind. And it's not about what we contribute anyway. And then we found out about Kingdom Destinies that there is very much a reality to are we going to trust in Jesus or not? And that has consequences. That has eternal consequences. And so we need to tell people about the King. We need to tell them about him. Today we're going to look at two other parables that Jesus told. But first of all, now I know some of you kids have spotted this already. There are... At strategic locations, wait for it, <laughs> there are at strategic locations around the room, different piles of celebrations. If you find a pile, kids, take one and only one, okay? Now, it's up to you. You can tuck into them straight away, but you might want to hold on to them. You might want to hold on to them. Okay. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> okay Matthew's running now once everyone's got one if you want to revisit a pile and get you can get you can go to more than one pile Anna go for it go to more than one pile get a little collection <laughs> I mean she got the best one she got the Malteser it's my favourite one it's the best one in the whole tub Adults, if you, if you want to go and grab a chocolate, if the kids have left any, go for it. You are more than, I mean, there are, there are bound to be bounties and Snickers left behind if you like those. Yeah. Yeah, I knew my daughter would go for the Malteser. 
Mars bars are all right. They're, they're like mid tier. They're not top tier. They're mid. No. They're a bit dry, aren't they? The mini ones, yeah. What's up, Elena Tevina? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Elshendi, Elena, come to give Right. How are we doing? Do we think we found them all? In, 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 the, in the bag that we put the playmat in. Okay. Okay. Now, I, I'm going to give you a little hint that you may not have thought to check. Did anyone look inside the bag that the playmat comes in? I mean, it's a two-part challenge. Find the bag and then find the sweets that are in them. No? I mean, there we go, it's been spotted. Okay. Have we got them all? Okay, I think we're there. So, there are still a few there. We've got them on the table. I can still see a few more, but they look like they're bounties and Snickers, so. Go for it, Brenda. Okay. Now, kids. Got a deal for you. That, that's just plain chocolate, mate. Okay, I'll leave it here, I'll have it then. Okay. Kids, I have a little deal. How many sweets have you guys got? How many chocolates? You've got five, Anna. Oh, that's quite a lot. Matthew, how many have you got? Still, because it looks like you're tucking into them, to be fair. Vivi, how many have you got? You've got two? I've got two. Phil's got two. Becky, how many did you get? Oh, you donated them. You've got three. Fair deuce. So, is there... Is there a child that wants to trade the chocolates you've got for my boring brown box? No. Yes. Yes. Are we allowed to shake the box? No. No. Like box. no. Can I see the box? You can see the box. It. You can inspect it. Heavy. Well, it's, it's not very heavy. You can't, you can't open the box yet. It's been opened already. It has, yeah. I mean, so it could mean it's definitely not... I mean, this morning, this had, this had um, moisturising cream in it. So it's, it's not especially great. Does anyone want to take the chance? How mean do you think I am? I will. I was thinking kids, but... <laughs> Kids don't look like they've got an appetite for it. Yeah? Okay, we've got, we got an offer here. Yeah, are there any other offers? BB wants to? Okay, BB, you up for it? No other kids? Okay, BB. There is, they're genuine. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's a little bit hurtful as their dad. 
it's accurate. It, I, I feel it needs to be the sweets that you picked up for the deal to be valid. Oh, there's a reason I asked how many people had, Matthew. Go on, Baba. Do you want to? Okay, so... But you need to tell, the box might be empty. The box okay, so could be empty. It's not empty. Okay. Now, let's swap. Okay. Yes, I've got a Malteser. Now, are you happy with your swap? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. You think it was a good swap? Okay. Open it up. Turn it around. Show people what's in it. What is it? What is it? It is a proper selection box. So, how about now, Bibi? Good swap. You gave me two little piddly little chocolates, and you've ended up with what? Six full-size bars of chocolate? Including a toffee crisp, I might add. Toffee crisps are good. Now, the parables that we are going to look at. Noah, could you pop the stories on, please? are in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 to 46. And it reads like this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that somebody hid in a field which someone else found and covered up. Full of joy, the finder sold everything and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And when he found one very precious pearl, he went and sold all that he owned and bought it. Great parables. Hopefully you can see the parallel of selling everything you've got for something much greater. BB swapped two piddly little chocolates for a full-size selection box. I mean, there was a bit of trepidation in her face that I'm trying not to take too personally, but she did it and it was a good swap. But what do these parables mean? Well, first of all, the kingdom is described as hidden treasure it's treasure that someone hid in a field someone ages ago presumably not the person that owned the field when the person found the treasure because if they knew the treasure was there they would not have sold that field so hundreds of years ago someone put some treasure in the field they used to do that to protect it from robbers so that no one would know where it was see the, the treasure is hidden in a field it is not obvious the kingdom is not obvious if it was obvious, everyone would know about it. Often, the kingdom can be found in places that you're least expecting it. It might be a homeless person. It might be a patient. It might be your next door neighbor. It might be this interruption that you don't want to happen. That is where the kingdom often can be. The kingdom is also treasure it's not just hidden it is treasure it's worth exceeds anything we could pay for it it really does the kingdom is also described as a precious pearl the man was seeking after a pearl he was going for the best pearls in the world and he comes across this one pearl that is so perfect so good that he just has to have it so he sells everything he has but again, that one pearl that he gets is more valuable than all of the treasures that he had before that he sold to get that pearl. 
He wasn't sad about it. No one was forcing him. He was joyfully selling all he has to get this pearl. Now, we need to be careful. What this isn't saying is that we earn our salvation. This is not saying we don't get into the kingdom without it costing us something. Now, we get into the kingdom because we love Jesus and we trust him to save us. And we put all of our hope and faith in him. So this parable isn't anti-gospel. How could it be? This parable, though, is talking about a way of life that we adopt to experience the reality of God's kingdom. John Wimber, uh, Mike Betts, the leader of Relational Mission, shared a John Wimber quote, and he said this, the economy, uh, just a word that means the way it works, the economy of the kingdom of God is simple. Every new step in the kingdom costs us everything we have gained to date. Every new step may cost us all the reputation and security that we've accumulated up to that point. It costs us our life. A disciple is always ready to take the next step. If there is anything that characterizes Christian maturity, it is being willing to become a beginner again for Jesus Christ. It's the willingness to put our hand in his hand and say, I'm scared to death, but I'll go with you. You are the pearl of great price. See, the kingdom is a precious treasure. But the kingdom brings joy. The kingdom brings more joy than what we give up. It can be painful to have to give something up. I'm not going to deny it. But what we gain in the kingdom more than compensates. It is greater than what we give up. The man brought the field at a great cost, but he got a treasure worth more than all of it combined. He wasn't left out of pocket. I know my daughter loves Maltesers, but she got more than she gave up. The trader gained the most precious pearl. The chocolate box with the big bars is worth more than the two little mini chocks that were given up for them. And this is because God is the most precious person we can pursue a friendship with. Amen? Yes. He is generous. He is loving. He is gracious. He is kind. He is rich. He is good. He is dependable, reliable, faithful, and beautifully holy. He is precious beyond compare. And his kingdom is the most precious thing that we can seek in this life. His kingdom brings hope. It brings liberty. Who feels tied up with something? Like you can't break free from it. You need the kingdom. The kingdom brings liberty and freedom. It brings healing. It brings adventure. Who likes adventures? Who likes to go on adventures? Get on board with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will give you the biggest adventures in your life. Better than go ape. Better than white water rafting. Better than anything that this world can offer. The kingdom of God has adventures. It brings peace and it brings joy. Question, is there anything that God is asking you to give up because it blocks you from fully enjoying his kingdom? You know right now whether there is, because the Holy Spirit's working right now, and he's speaking. I'd encourage you to take it to him and ask him what he wants you to do about it. 
So these parables mean that God and his kingdom are treasures worth seeking. But there's another way to read these as well. There is. The second meaning I think we can get from this is that God's people are the treasures of the kingdom. Let me show how you get there. Taking the first one, the treasure hidden in the field. We are the treasure in the field. And Jesus gave up everything to buy the world so that he can have us. This parable is in Matthew 13. Last week, Roger was in Matthew 13. And in that parable, it's talking about seed, good wheat that is planted in the field. And then someone else comes and plants weeds alongside it. And when Jesus explains the parable, he says, the field is the world. There's a field here, right, in this very chapter. The field is the world. The field is this planet that we are on right now. If the field is the world, then the treasure is the people of God. See, Jesus is the man that found the treasure in the field and then gave up everything to buy the field and have the treasure. He laid aside the use of all his godly powers and privileges and he gave up his life to buy the world back from the devil that we gave to him because we obeyed him so that he could have us. We are the treasure that he gave up everything to win. Amen? Amen. Isn't he amazing? Yes. We are the precious pearl. We are the precious pearl. What? Me? I'm nothing. I know me and I ain't no pearl. You might well be thinking. I'm certainly not a precious pearl. Well, do you know how a pearl is formed? Where are pearls made? In an oysters. Bit of grit. Noah, can you pop on to the next picture? Just in case you've never seen one, this is a pearl in its natural habitat. A pearl found in an oyster shell. And a pearl starts as a piece of grit or a piece of dirt that gets into the shell and irritates the oyster. And what happens is the oyster protects itself from the dirt by surrounding it with layer upon layer of a, a crystal substance called nacre. Yeah? And over time, that pearl right there builds up, gets bigger, 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 shinier, more precious. And in the end, that little bit of sand, that little bit of dirt is enrobed in beauty that is prized around the world. Next one now, mate. Pearls are often collected together and worn in, in necklaces and worn at posh parties. See, we are specks of dirt. Can I get an amen? Yes. I mean, we're more than that because we're made in the image of God. But we are fallen. We are broken. We are rebellious. We're specks of dirt. Maybe often a little bit irritating. Just ask Lalina. Am I ever irritating? <laughs> oh, it's a good job there's grace to cover that lie. I know me, I'm irritating. We all have our moments. If you think you're perfect, just... 
if you think you're perfect, just get up into close quarters with someone and you will soon find out what irritates them about you. You will. Because we're all a little bit irritating, because we're all a little bit fallen. But when we ask Jesus to forgive us and save us, what are we clothed with? His righteousness. Like the, the many, many grains of dirt that made up the different pearls in this necklace, we are covered with his beautiful righteousness as a gift. We don't do anything to earn it. Every good thing he ever did is put on our shoulders as ours, as a gift. And we are made into beautiful pearls that God is collecting together and loves to show off. Trinity Life Church, right now, we are a collection of pearls that God is stringing together because he wants to show us off. Because he loves us. Because he values us. But the necklace ain't complete yet. Do you know that? It's not complete yet. There are people on the field over there. There are people in the houses. There are the people that we rub shoulders with every day. Their specks are dirt too. But Jesus wants them. And he wants to make something beautiful out of them. Because God's people is you, it's me, and it's everyone in the world who put their trust in him. So my question of this way of looking at the parables, how do you feel thinking of yourself as a treasure or a precious pearl? Do you believe it? Or do you say to yourself, no, 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 I know me too well. You are the treasure in the field that Jesus lay his life down for. You are the pearl that he gave his life up for. Amen? Amen. Now you can combine these two interpretations. In Hebrews 12, it, um, verses 1 through 3, the author of the book of Hebrews, we don't know who it was, and anyone who tells you that we do is lying, or just mistaken. But the author to the book of Hebrews writes this, let us cast aside everything that hinders us, all the sin that entraps us, fix our eyes on Jesus. That's like the first way of reading it, where Jesus is so precious that we give up everything, anything that gets in the way of knowing him. But then he goes on to say, consider his example. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. What was the joy set before Jesus? Us. We are the joy set before the Lord Jesus and for, his, for the, our sake he endured the cross so that we can be brought into fellowship. These two ways of looking at it are a little bit like the fountain of God's love that we talked about earlier that is just constantly feeding one another. We are enamoured with him. We love him. We seek him. We want the most of him that we can get in this life. And he loves us. He wants the best for us. He wants to just bless us and grace us and fill us with his spirit and give us all the good stuff that he knows we need. And then we love him more. And then we love him more. And then he blesses us more. And then we love him more. There is this beautiful dynamic. 
because the king is worthy and the king loves us. Amen. I'm going to pray. We're going to finish off with just a song. Yeah, Pat. Yeah, he does. Thank you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the treasure in the field. We want to thank you, Lord God, that you have hidden yourself at different points in our life for us to discover, to pursue, to know, to love, to have a friendship with, Lord, to to experience the fullness of your kingdom. Lord, we want to thank you that you are that precious pearl, that pearl of great price that is worth giving everything away to receive. Not for salvation, that is by grace, but Lord God, in the reality of our life, in the dynamic of our life, in in the give and take, the sowing and the reaping of our lives, we want to know more of you. Lord, I pray that whatever is getting in the way of knowing you, you would help us lay down. Lord, we can't do it on our own. We can't. We need your help. Help us seek you. Help us chase after you. Help us seek your kingdom first. But Lord, we want to thank you that you are worth seeking because you see us as the treasure in the field. You see us as the pearl of great price. You see us as the people that you laid your life down for. Because you love us. Because you want to grace us. Because you want to bless us. Because you want us to have life and life to the full. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray for every person in this room, Lord, that we would sense the reality of your great love and affection for us. Lord, every, every child, every young person, every adult, every person who's seen a full life, Lord, we will be able to see the greatness of your love to us in a fresh way. Lord, as we, as we finish our time together today, Lord, as we go out back into the world, as we go out back to our daily lives, would it be just anointed and enriched and infused with a beautiful sense of your love and your grace? Be with us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.